Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey guys, it's Scott Lips, and welcome back to yet another episode of Spin Magazine's Lip Service. On today's show, the countdown, the best records of 2021. Our top 10 featuring myself and Spin Magazine editor Daniel Cohn. We get into it, what we think are the very best records of 2021. By the way, these are our lists. So if for some reason your records did not make the list, that's just because this is what we thought. This was our opinion. It doesn't mean it's right. It's just what we thought were some of the better records of 2021. It was a decidedly strange year of music, as uh, we'll get into, as everything was consumed in short spurts, not unlike the TikTok generation and what's happening in culture. So we'll get into that. We'll get into my favorite records, Daniel's favorite records. By the way, I am on Cameo. So if you'd like for the holidays, please feel free to connect with me. I do bar mitzvahs, weddings, sweet 16s, you name it. Check me out on Cameo. And thank you, by the way, for tuning in and your support for this year of Spin Magazine's lip service. It's been a great year, a year filled with a lot of music now with this now daunting new variant. We'll see where next year takes us again, but uh, hopefully all positive things. So stay safe out there. And coming up in just a moment, myself and Daniel Cohen get into the top records of 2021. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Our show today is brought to you by the fine folks at Thursday's Boot Company. You guys have seen me rocking these boots in every other picture I have on Instagram. I'm always repping them. Thursday's Boots is a bootstrap startup that makes the best handcrafted boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. Thursday's Boots' tagline is highest quality, honest prices because they use some of the best materials like full grain leather, supple glove leather lining, and gold standard Goodyear welt construction. Thursday's Boot Company sells their boots at prices starting at just $149 with free shipping and returns. They've been featured in all the best fashion press, from Esquire to GQ to Cosmo and Vogue. And more importantly, they've gotten over 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. Thursday's boots are perfect for people who understand quality and don't want to pay a high retail markup for a great-looking pair of boots that are built to last. So check them out, at Thursday's Boots on Instagram. My favorite shoes, my favorite boots. You always see me repping them. You'll love Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find the ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Welcome into the show, the editor of Spin Magazine, Daniel Cohen. How are you? 
I'm good on this chilly Monday morning here in Los Angeles. Yeah, it is. It is. And we, at first we were going to do no video, but of course, like we're friends and we've never done this before. So we had to, you know, add a little bit to the mix here. So it's great to see your face. Spice it up, right? Spice it up. And I'm excited to get into the, the top 10 records of the year with you, because as I mentioned to you before, Daniel, a lot of the records that you picked this year were different than I would have picked. Obviously, I lean more into the rock side of things, just given my background and, um, I'm excited to get into what you think your top 10 records of the year are. Um, for sure, I, I don't know if you want to start with 10 or 1. Either way, I want to get into let's it start with you. With, let's start at the, with 10. I, I always see these things, to your point, I always see these things as kind of not, uh, you know, the be-all, end-all, but it's more to serve your readers and audience to kind of say, look, this is what we like. You might you might be interested too if you didn't see it. Definitely. That's how yeah. I always view these. Not, the, not these authoritative, like, you must listen to this because we are right and you're wrong. It's like, no, people have different tastes and that's just life. And if you could turn someone on to an artist you're really excited about, then that's kind of how I see the point of this is, is just to enlighten and introduce people to maybe an artist they never knew about and they could be their next favorite artist. That's what these things, that's the spirit that we took this year with these things, just stuff we were excited about and, we thought our readers would be excited about it. The synergy of that is kind of the is the guiding light, if you will. Well said, because we did send around our list early on before we got into this. And as you noticed, mine was always was going to lean more toward the rock world because just given my background. But there's a lot of artists actually that you put on the list that I didn't know, to be quite honest. And and another artist that I want to get into that did make my list, Turnstile. So we'll get into how I discovered Turnstile, your love of Turnstile how they became the Spin Magazine's Artist of the Year, I believe. Um, and let's get into it, starting with number 10. I actually had an honorable mention I want to mention is Faye Webster, an artist that I was turned on to earlier this year. And I should I feel like I should have known her earlier, but she's terrific. One of the better Gen Z songwriters out there. She's funny. She doesn't take herself too seriously, but she's smart. And that's always something that as a listener, I'm attracted to. But number 10, now we're getting into it. Yola. I mean, a voice like that. Uh, I saw her at Ohana Fest this year. Her stage presence, her command. She's the whole, she's the real deal. And there's few artists who really tell it like they live it and see it. And Yola is one of them. I have such respect for her. She's just such a great talent. And Stand For Myself is deservedly, I think, an awards contender this year. And, you know, she's been one of those artists that's been percolating in Nashville for a while and in the broader Americana scene at large. But this year just seemed like people really took to Yola. I mean, especially at that festival, seeing uh, how magnetic her performance was as well. She's been endorsed by other artists who are on the list who we'll get to later too. But it's just nice to see the public responding to great music. Would it be safe to say that the Hana Festival, by the way, was one of your better concerts this year? Because I know that you were uh, posting about it frequently and you loved the show. And there was there was actually great performances at that show. So was that the first time you ever saw Yola perform? That was actually. And it's easy to kind of pick up who's you know into the set and like the vibe of everything and how locked in the rhythm section is and everything like that. Just being, you know, mere feet from the stage, but obviously a little bit lower. And she had just command. It's the stage command. You just, you know, you either have it or you don't. And she has it. Now, did that show make your best of uh, concerts list 2021? Well, certain sets did. Okay. (laughs) Including someone else who's on this list. I mean, it was my first, I guess I went to Lollapalooza in July, but that was kind of a weirder experience just because it was the first and it was a major festival. 
you know, and there's, you know, six figures to people there each day. I was kind of a little weary of that where Ohana, you know, it's here, here-ish, it's in Dana Point, about 60 miles south of here. And it's just 14,000 people. It was way more intimate, way, felt way more controlled. And it was just a great place. It's just, a, Doheny State Park's a great place to see music. Definitely. Hear music, you're right on the beach, gets a little chilly at night, not, not as chilly as it is now, <laughs> but chilly no less. And it's just a good vibe. Eddie Vedder puts on a great festival. He picks the right artists for that audience, which skew Gen X and below, below being the, the children of Gen X and older millennials. And Yola just, you know, she had a great slot. Like I had, she was on the main stage about, you know, two or three artists. She was, I think there was maybe one or two artists before her on the, after her on the main stage. And then Sharon Van Etten went after her on this one side stage, which was great. It was just a great locked in lineup. And Yola has that stage command and it gives you even more respect for the records, being able to bring that, you know, voice. And she has a wonderful voice and, it deservedly is one of the best albums of the year. I'm quite sure there's another artist, as you mentioned, on your list that performed at that festival, but we'll get into it. So number nine, according to Daniel Cohen, is what? Deathhaven. Uh, they, Infinite Granite was just an interesting album. I did not expect this to come of them. If everyone knows who they are. They're a little bit on the heavier side. They were, but, they're actually a black metal band initially, right? Yes. But this is way more melodic and... I think accessible. I mean, I really liked it. Uh, our own Andy O'Connor, who uh, writes our metal column, Blast Writes, interviewed them and got kind of into the nitty gritty of the making of it, which was really cool. And they're a great band. They were Spins Artist of the Year in 2015, deservedly so. And they're just a band that keeps on rolling along at, at doing what they want to do. And yeah. it doesn't, as a fan of music, it doesn't get better than that when you see an artist change and evolve and do things their own way. Yeah, they're clean vocals on this record. Definitely not as heavy, a lot more accessible. Uh, it's interesting. Another artist, as I mentioned, that I really didn't know. So thankfully to you, uh, I discovered a, a whole bunch of artists on this list that I did some research on uh, coming up to the show. So, yeah, if you're a fan of like good hard rock, this is a great album for you. Yeah. This is an album that's a winner. Definitely. Definitely. Next up on the list, number eight. The, this was Spin's album of the year. Every also, and there are artists of the year. It's Turnstile. I want to talk about Turnstile for a moment. It's funny, Daniel. You know, we uh, we had talked about Turnstile for the show a while ago, and I I actually did a deep dive into Turnstile, and I agree with you. This is the future of hard rock and heavy metal. And it's actually it's funny because I didn't know that Turnstile started out as mostly like a hardcore band, but yep. I mean the, the genres are mixing now. There's like drum and bass there. There's mainstream elements there, melodic elements. Blood Oranges on a track. Uh, and, a, and a great, great record. So thank you for turning me on to this record. And uh, and I could see why they are Spins uh, Artist of the Year, for sure. It's very exciting. There's they're rare. It's rare that an album matches the hype surrounding it. And when we you know first heard Turnstile was releasing an album in summer, it was like, oh, that's cool. You know, we're excited. But we, you know, the Twitter chatter was very, you know, hot, hot, hot. So, you know, you're always a little tepid about what the critics like versus what the people are going to like. And just listening to those first few songs when they were you know, steadily rolled out, you're just like, holy cow. It's just, you know, these guys, this might be this might be their moment type yeah. of thing. And then the album comes out. You're just like, you know, it just hits you in the face and it's just, you know, unrelenting and just beautiful and melodic, which you wouldn't usually say about a hardcore band from Baltimore, no less. But <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I was going to say you don't you don't think hardcore and you don't think songs, right? But ultimately, this has a nostalgia sense to it. There's almost like a Blink One Eighty Two throwback to me, in, in terms of like the sound is like one part nostalgia, one part hardcore, and and definitely like you know where hard rock is going in terms of the sound and a new sound for me of uh, you know, even even dare I say elements of Limp Biscuit. I don't who know, I know about, who I, I know, know that you're a that. fan of. Like, <laughs> so. I don't know if I could see that, but definitely <laughs> the other elements for sure. And are they they crushed it live? Yeah. Our Josh Chesler, our deputy editor, saw them I think a couple of times in a matter of a few days in November, and they converted the unconverted. They were at playing at like weirder, not weirder, I guess, but outside the genre type of shows and they converted the convert the, the people who weren't familiar with them and that is the ultimate sign of respect Definitely. and i can't say enough good things about them but you can read the artist of the year article on on our website on spin you can go to our homepage and see it and that really tells the story of what their rise why this is why go on is their moment it in, it is a moment and i just can't wait to touring to be back to because those they have quite the pit. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And it's and it's great to see, you know, I hate using the word kids because they're not kids. They're in their late 20s, early 30s. But it's great to see a band like this, like, deservedly getting attention. It doesn't happen that often anymore. And hopefully in terms of the rock world, this is the, the spark that starts something new. And as I mentioned, hardcore and accessible don't normally, like, they right. normally don't live in the same space. So, uh, they, don't, they don't live in the same universe, usually. <laughs> right. So a great record for sure. So number seven. Cassandra Jenkins, an overview of Phenomenal Nature. I discovered this, I want to say, early, late January, maybe early February. I was hit up about this. I was, you know, I was interested. Usually, you know, it's good album art is always, you know, kind of a, a gateway into an album. And then just listening to the intricate songwriting and just the vibe. It was a very, you know, you're in the Hudson Valley walking through the, you know, on a hike and an autumn afternoon vibe. And then you go to the lake and start going out and paddling and kayaking. There's just a warmth about this album that I was really attracted to. I think she's a phenomenal artist. She had a deservedly is on a lot of end of year lists and she's definitely was been one, one artist I vouched for. We did a nice profile on her in April, but Sarah Grant wrote that and really captured how great she is. She did a lullaby sessions for us as well around the time of the album release, which is on our Instagram feed. And you can just check it out. There's just a certain warmth in, del in the delicateness about her songwriting that I was very attracted to. And I thought it was really, you know, smart and, you know, fill in any adjective there, but it was just a great, great album that I would have not known about another one, but I would, she's one of my, you know, personal artists of the year, just because of how I just appreciate really good songwriting. And that's what was done here. Definitely. No question. I agree with that. Number six, Billie Eilish, happier than ever. No one knew what to expect here. You didn't know if she was going to lean into what she did before, or go the moody, moodier route that she did. But she had a lot to say here. You really dive in. There's a lot, you know, in the face of stardom that she's had to deal with. She talked about it extensively on Howard Stern last week, her when she was on the show. And it's, you know, it's a it's a kind, you know, the image is kind of like a pinup type of image, which is very different than, you know, 
the baggy green hair going wild type of thing. And this is yeah. more of a, a loungy, you know, type of vibe and kind of more subdued, but it's still great writing. Her and Phineas, they obviously when you're brother and sister, you know, you, you kind of know what the other one's doing, but it was a mature album, which I really respected. And it just shows that you're going to be, she's not going away anytime soon. And I, I think that's a really good thing. What an incredible career, too. I think she's only, what, she's, 20 or 21 years old at this point still? She just turned 20. Yeah, so. She's a very vital artist. And incredible. it's going to be, I just am very excited for what the future has in store for her. Another record that ended up on a lot of lists. And I, I did not see Olivia Rodrigo on your list, but I know it's on almost every list this year. Uh, any reason why that didn't make your list of top 10? Not that, you know, I didn't like her album. It's not the guy. I mean, we, we were in one of the first interviews with her when Driver's License broke. But, you know, these are the ones that really spoke to me. And I, I mean, I appreciate the whole, you know, what she's doing with pop punk and like rock pop, pop rock, too. It's really cool to see a lot of kids and a lot of, you know, even adults really attracted to that, to what she's doing. But, yeah, I mean, it's not that I didn't like it. I just like these more, if yeah, that makes sense. Definitely. It's interesting that I was going to say the way that we consume music, I think is different these days. If you listen to an artist like Pink Pantheris and the fact that she broke oh, on TikTok, great. great artist, but also the fact that the songs are 30 seconds long. And, you know, a lot of the records when I did some research on this list and on my list too, are 30 minutes long, right? You know, I think the days of the, the double album and the uh, two hour long epics and opuses are almost gone these days and people are consuming music in a different form. And, and so that makes sense. And that makes sense for a lot of these artists to have these long careers by the time they're 20, they're already way deep into their career, right? As in the case of Billie Eilish and the fact that Olivia Rodrigo came out of nowhere within the last year and exploded. And if you told me a year ago, this would be on the best of list, maybe number one on a lot of people's list. I wouldn't have, I don't think any of us would have seen that coming. I just remember getting hit up about her. I think she released it the first, the first Friday in January that song came out. And then like Monday or Tuesday, I was getting, like, I remember getting a pitch about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, hmm. I'm like, never heard of her. How could it have this many things? And the publicist called me. Well, yeah, I'll check it out. And then I looked and listened. And I was like, whoa, it's like, there's something really going on here. <laughs> right. So I responded to the writer, Bobby Olivier and said, dude, do it. <laughs> I mean, this, I don't know who she is, but and then obviously we did a little research, but it's like, dude, just go for it. I mean, the fact that someone comes out of nowhere like this and it's totally legit, it's, you got, it's an interesting story. And yeah. that's what matters the most is, I mean, if you would have told me December 20 of 2020, Olivia Rodrigo would be on your end of year lists everywhere. And I'd be like, who? But <laughs> exactly. that's the beauty though of this thing yeah. of music is that anyone with great music can just get shot out of a cannon and really make a big impact. Definitely. And how we're consuming music these days too, right? Because again, like through the TikTok generation and artists like Pink Panthers wouldn't have been releasing songs that were 30 seconds long. And, and, and by the way, a great record. And, and that's on my honorable mention list, but we'll get into that. But uh, number five for you. Snail Mail. Another, again, there's, there's a theme here. It's strong songwriting. Yeah. And Lindsay Jordan is quite the songwriter. And if you haven't listened to her, I... Highly, highly recommend it. The album came out in November and she's only another, another young bright artist who's 22, I think. And she, very impressive. Just this is a very impressive songwriting. And she's had my best song of the year with Valentine too. So I highly recommend that. 
By the way, another record about heartbreak. There's a lot of records this year about heartbreak. I don't know what that says about me, but, <laughs> but I don't think I went through a personal like crisis this year like that. But I really thought that this was, you know, a very good, just a strong, again, strong songwriting. It means there's a sad emo kid living inside of you, uh, my chem romance. And there you go. <laughs> so, but I agree. And another great record and, and another record that ended up on a lot of lists this year for sure. So number four on Daniel Cohen's list. Foxing. Draw down the moon. I really dig this album. This is a deeply personal album, you know, about with Connor writing about how, uh, you know, he was coming to grips with his sexuality. And Michael Tedder did a terrific piece on them for us where it kind of chronicled the journey of the band. And, you know, they've gone through several members and, you know, they're not from the biggest music hub in St. Louis, but it's just, you know, they rip. They're a really good band that rips. And, you know, again, combined with strong lyrics in a, a good rate rhythm section, I'd says, are you all sense a theme here? Yeah. But this was a good, a really good rock album. And, I enjoyed it, and 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 hearing artists go through struggles is something that I always had a lot of respect for because it's very easy to bottle it up and just be angry and for for the sake of being angry. But when you kind of put it all out there, like this album, it's it's really you know impressive. I it think. is, and just an observation: when I went through your list of top five records you couldn't live without, Daniel, a lot of them, you know, harken back to the grunge days, and and I didn't know that you were such a big fan. Of, well, I, I obviously through the Pearl Jam connection, I should just imagine that you're a huge fan of the grunge movement. But but, you know, decidedly, this this list has a lot of it's the softer side of Daniel Cohen. So there's a lot of maybe I had a mellow year this year. I, <laughs> yeah. But because so. because I listen to a lot of the music when I'm in the car and here being out here, you know, that's traffic started to roar back. You have to listen to stuff that kind of keeps you, you know, Calms attentive. You down, right. As opposed to listening to heavier, you know, kind of that grunge or even like on um, guys, I'm a big serious XM listener. I listen to like Ozzy's Boneyard and if listening to that. Just, you know, when you're stuck in traffic, probably isn't the best. <laughs> yeah. So I had a lot of XMU on this year and a lot of, you know, coffee house and singer songwriter stuff, which is a good segue into number three, uh, which was Julian Baker, Little Oblivions. Another another one, another mega talented singer songwriter. We spoke to her in February, I believe. Tatiana Tenreo spoke to her. And it was one of my favorite pieces of the year because Julian's very quiet, very to herself. And she, you know, she kind of bared her soul on that piece. And it was, and this was before I even listened to the album. It was a much, you know, much anticipated album when it was announced last November, I think. Mm. Just diving in and, you know, going back and forth with the content and uh, the context of her lyrics versus what she said in the interview was really powerful. And she did it in a powerful way that really is relatable. Definitely. And by the way, um, Lucy Dacus, uh, there's a whole there's a whole list of a new generation of kind of folky alt rock uh, female singers that are definitely on the rise. I think that's one of the trends that I saw on your list and a lot of lists this year, too. Yeah, and deservedly so. Lucy Dacus, we just ran an exit interview with her last week where she got into the everything about her. No, her her big year as we yeah. call it and i think she, i think home video had was number five album on our best of list too so you know people are paying attention to put I'm it in my title this the softer side of daniel cohen top 10 
Yes. <laughs> Number two on the list. Oh, Dry Cleaning, New Long Leg. What an album. I long been a Very fan good. of post-punk and unique post-punk. And this group just does it. They just hit that spot. I love, you know, kind of quirky spoken word type of singing. And if you're a fan of that, kind of out of the, out of the uh, Patti Smith school, if you will, this is the album for you. It's just, it's smart. It's really smart. And that's the highest compliment I could pay a songwriter is to have smart, funny, kind of acerbic lyrics. And that's what was done here. And I'm a fan of them. I I was really not, I was aware of them, but I didn't really dive in. Like this album, I listened to a lot. It was just like, oh yeah, I get it now. I get it now. And then from, you know, it's like London, you know, that always the British thing always adds, but it's like just smart British, like eclectic pop, I would say art school student type of music. And I really, I really dig that. And yeah, that's kind of a a very smart record, as you said, really smart and a a great discovery for me, because, again, I didn't know dry cleaning before this list. So thank you for turning me on to dry cleaning and a great record. Of course. And number one on your list. Not even a doubt in my mind. I've been fighting for this one for a long time. I've long been a fan of Brandy Brandy Carlisle. Long time fan of hers. It was great to see her break out in 2018. But I'd known about this album for about since like, let's call it October 2020. I kind of knew that this was happening. I was, you know, I was excited as a fan. But, you know, she had a breakthrough, what's going to happen next type of thing. You get kind of worried that, you know, a moment has maybe passed or may not be the same. But I just remember hearing this for the first time and being absolutely blown away. Absolutely like, wow. I I don't get those wow feelings that much anymore. And just listening to this whole thing, you know, is just, you know, In These Silent Days is right off, right on time, the first song, which is an absolute banger of a ballad that showcases her vocal range, just everything. And she was, it was the goods. And it nothing made me happier than hearing it and just loving it more than, by the way, I forgive you. It's just like, it's an it's a great album that showcases the strength of her songwriting. The production by Cobb and Shooter was unbelievable. Like everything, like, you know, Talk about what I was saying with Yola with having a moment that seeing Brandy at Ohana, which was on my on the concerts list, you know, you saw that there is a star in front of you. Definitely. There was a there was a beaming quality about her and confidence and like, again, that it that you can't describe and just hearing her just, you know, stampede through those songs. It was just like, holy cow. And. You know, she brought Mike McCready and Matt Cameron out to do Search with My Good Eye Closed from Soundgarden, which ain't no easy feat playing yeah. with, the, with them. And she absolutely destroyed it. And then she came out and did, I think, Better Man with Pearl Jam like a night la- later that night. And then they covered her later that week, the following weekend. And she just played two sets. And each time it was just like mind blowing to see her. And it reassured my faith that, you know, I used to work at a publication whose motto was good music will prevail and seeing how into it the entire crowd was and the reception that this album has received leads me to believe that good music will prevail in the end. And it's rare that you have high hopes for something and it actually surpasses your high hopes. And 
in these silent days did that and beyond. And we ran a cover story on her around the time of the release. Marissa R. Moss did a phenomenal job of really capturing who Brandy is. So I highly recommend everyone reading that and checking that out. It's there's there's art there's rare artists that come across that especially you know now that that have been working and building and chipping away and finally knocked down that door and that happened in 2018 but now she just took a sledgehammer to that door and it's completely gone and stardom continued stardom awaits by the way from snl to the cover of spin magazine it was definitely the year of brandy carlisle we should talk about for a moment too. Summer Walker, some of the other covers on Spin Magazine yeah. this year. Summer Walker, Rufus the Soul, uh, and I, an artist that I know that you're you're very passionate about, Mammoth, Wolfie Van Halen. Yes. Uh, some of them did not make your top ten list, but they're probably honorable mentions, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know, there's only ten spots, <laughs> right? And I, and I squeeze <laughs> Faye Webster in because Faye Webster, you know. I thought it was just, it's one of those things. It's like, oh, how could I have forgotten about that? But I didn't. And it's just, yeah, Mammoth was, Mammoth's a great hard rock album. It's a, you know, it's a really strong hard rock album. And there hasn't been a good virtuoso type of hard rock album where the musician plays all the instruments like this one has. It's When I spoke to him about it, he said, you know, it's five years in the making. And, you know, for various reasons, you know, with Van Halen tour, you know, working on the music, you know, his father's health, obviously, it was just, you know, it took a while to come out. But I think it was really rewarding that that album, you know, received the accolades it did. Summer Walker's album is just, you know, it was really different and it was really enjoyable compared to a lot of the other R&B stuff I listened to this year. It was kind of, you know, you know, it was, you know, a left leaning, not left politically, but a kind of left field like quality to it that had intricate instrumentation. She had another one. She had a lot to say. Yeah. And it was just like, whoa, you know, it's like this is heavy. And it's a it's a piece and shoot we are very proud of. We came out phenomenally. And I'm trying to think what else. Try to think. Idols was another one I really yeah, like. We'll get into Idols is on my list. So we'll get I into know. Idols was Idols was a strong <laughs> album. I thought that, that was a you know, after last year, I didn't know what to expect from them. They came back, so roaring back so strong, and it was really cool. I'm trying to think, who else? Yeah, let's talk about Idols for a moment, because by the way, you know, they are my list, and so spoiler alert: if you're, uh, I'm probably going to start my list number one, All but right. Idols does make my list number seven. Actually, um, Joe Talbot is unlike any other frontman I think I've seen. He's almost like if you took like a a bricklayer and uh, <laughs> from London and made him a lead singer. Um, the record is great. I saw them live not long ago at the Fondo in Hollywood. Oh, you went to those shows. Didn't they play three or four shows there? Yeah, they were, they were, they were great. They were great. What a killer show. Uh, besides, it's one of those artists, like besides uh, Never Fight a Man with a Perm, um, because it's one of the best song titles maybe ever. And the, and the lyrics are incredible. Um, what an incredible band live. And again, sort of an anomaly in terms of like just the aesthetic and Joe's aesthetic and his vibe on stage, but a great record. So spoiler alert, number seven on my list, but I'm glad to know that it's one of your favorite acts too and of this year and, and an act that I just discovered this year too. Um, so let's get into my list too, Daniel. So number one, I have to, uh, if you guys do not know, I'm a huge Cheap Trick fan. In Another World came out April 9th, 2021. Uh, love Cheap Trick, love this record. It brings me back to sort of the Sgt. Pepper era. Uh, there's a great cover of Lennon, give me some truth on this record. Uh, an amazing record. Did Are it, right? you a Cheap Trick fan, by the way? Not the world's biggest, but I know, you know, I know enough that uh, I want you to want me is one of the best karaoke songs out there. <laughs> yeah. 
It's funny when I met Courtney Love. I think one of the the our bonding uh, things that we had in common was the fact that we were both huge Cheap Trick fans. And so uh, there, there's people out there that just are obsessed with Cheap Trick. Obviously, it goes back to the Beatles because for me, again, like sort of a modern day approach to their songwriting, Beatles, Beach Boys, uh, some great tracks in this record. The summer looks good on you, light up the fire. And again, I think this is their 20th studio record, and what a great record! So if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Cheap Trick in Another World came out, like I said, in April and my number one record of this year. And I think these guys deserve to be bigger than they are. Um, so uh, my vote for one day, a Spin Magazine cover, <laughs> Cheap Trick. All the artists, I think I think Kurt Cobain years ago said that Nirvana was a souped up version of Cheap Trick. So again, there's so many artists that pay tribute to Cheap Trick, so I think they should be bigger. Number two on my list, Royal Blood, Typhoon. Yeah, out in April. yeah those guys ripped. Those another, it's a good rock band. Great rock band. And it's incredible. Have you ever seen them live? At Coachella, I did. I probably like, I don't know, five or six years ago at this point. And it was, I just remember being uh, loud, capital L, capital O, capital U, capital D, <laughs> that you could hear it from far away. And it was awesome. Well, it's, it's, if you haven't seen them live, Mike Kerr and uh, Ben Thatcher are two guys that make up this band. And it's actually just a bass player and a drummer, uh, Mike Kerr on vocals and Ben Thatcher. On drums, it's incredible. I had not—I saw them at the Mercury Lounge, I think, in New York, maybe five years ago, and I didn't realize that it was just the two of them. And uh, it's interesting. Mike Kerr plays this bass through like a distortion pedal. It sounds like a lead guitar. Uh, there are other bands that are doing this, but I mean, very few that only have a, a bass player and a drummer and make this much noise. And uh, this record is very reminiscent of Muse to me. It's a great record. Some great tracks on it: "Troubles Coming," "Oblivion," "Typhoons," almost danceable. So if you don't have this record, go out and pick it up. Royal Blood, Typhoons, amazing record. Number three on my list, Foo Fighters, Medicine at Midnight. Hopefully you like this record too, Daniel. It was decidedly different to me. It definitely had a different vibe, almost a dancey vibe. You know, they came out with that Bee Gees cover record too. Um, I actually so liked that a lot. I thought it was <laughs> yeah. very, it was, it, it was very, uh, you know, it was very fun and it showed a different side of them because they've always been a fun band, but seeing them do that, it was, and with the photo shoots that they did with it, was just, you know, especially as things were getting back to normal. It was just a funny thing. And, you know, it's, I, the thing I always like about them is they don't take themselves that seriously. Definitely. Even though uh, some of the lyrics on this album kind of were a little bit more serious. It was just, they kind of, you know, took the weightiness of that and totally flipped it on its head with the DGs. It was, did you see them this year live? I didn't, but but a great record, but a funkier record, right? This record definitely, uh, it's, there's almost a, a Bowie, like let's dance era for me for this record it's that's what Grohl said Grohl yeah. said in 2020 that they were making their let's dance so yeah. there you go and another honorable mention if you guys have not heard the, the x cover that violet Grohl and dave Grohl did of nausea great track uh and it's funny because i did I, you know it's when i went through my list this year I, I don't know i'm not sure about yourself but i really didn't listen to a lot of records this year a lot of it was singles to me and and it was uh finding discovering these gems i don't listen to records the way i used to again i think the way we consume music is much different than the way i used to consume music but nausea x check it out violet girl day girl great great single this year uh number four on my list weezer they actually put out two records this year van weezer and okay human i guess they're homage to okay computer um my personal favorite Van Weezer, just because, again, you know, the Van Weezer, Van Halen comparison, it was their sort of homage to Van Halen. Um, a great record. One of my favorite tracks this year, again, is All My Favorite Songs. So mm. that was actually on the OK Human record. But um, a great record. They're still writing great, you know, alternative rock pop songs. 
Love Weezer and a great track on this record too. Uh, if you haven't heard their homage to like the 80s hair band stuff, Precious Metal Girl talks about LA Guns, the faster pussycat, speaks to my heart. So uh, check out the record if you haven't already. Weezer, two records actually, OK Human and Van Weezer. Number five on my list, Robert Plant, Alison Krauss, Raise the Roof. Perfect. Those, those two can't go wrong. Great record. Have you checked out this record? Oh, yeah. This record is terrific. It's, it's, it's a perfect continuation to their Grammy-winning album 15 years, 14 or 15 years ago. Yeah, it came out November 19th. So I, I was wondering why I didn't make a lot more lists, but great record. I just saw them do um, the Tiny Desk concert on NPR. Uh, amazing. It, you know, for me, again, it, it speaks to me in the way the Stray Cats did, Rockabilly. There's an Elvis, you know, sentiment here. Um, great, great record. Can't Let Go, one of my favorite tracks this year. If you have not seen Can't Let Go on NPR Tiny Desk, check it out. Amazing track. And, and great record. And it's great to hear Robert Plant. I know that he can't hit those high notes anymore, but this still, you know, I still get my Led Zeppelin fix by listening to this record in, there a, in you a go. weird That's way. That's what matters the most. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number six on my list, another great record, which I believe was on the spin list too, Silk Sonic, An Evening with yeah, Silk Sonic. That was number 30. Yeah. Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack. It's funky. It's Prince. Yeah, it's Bootsy authentic. on there, the king. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. What a great record. You know, again, another really authentic sounding record. Um, I love this record. I love the fact that it sounds like it could have been made in the 70s. Um, was this, That's, I think, the vibe that they were going for. Definitely. Uh, a real fun record, too. I love Anderson Pack, and, and I think there's some great, great songwriting on this record. Number seven, we already talked about Idols, Crawler, but again, came out November 12th, so it's a new record. There's even some some waltzy stuff on this with Beachland Ballroom, which took mm -hmm. them in a new territory. Cleveland's um, own. Cleveland's own Beachland Ballroom. Yeah. Um, but again, if you have not seen Joe Talbot and the Boys, check out this band. Crushing It Live. Great record. Great uh, artist live. And an artist, again, that I just discovered this year. So I definitely uh, I think everyone should rush out and check out all the Idols records that are out there. Number eight, uh, another lip service an alumni that we've had on the show and actually coming up on the show, mm. I think, within the next couple of weeks. Failure, Wild Type Droid. You know, uh, we spoke about this on the podcast coming up, Daniel, but I'm um, Fantastic Planet. I couldn't say enough great things about this record, which came out in the 90s, one of my favorite records um, in the 90s. And this new record is amazing. Uh, a lot of layering. Songwriting is great. Headstand to Submarines, which I think should be the new single. Did you have a chance to check out this record this year? No, yet? not yet, but now I'm excited to. It's a great record. Amazing record. We're excited to have them on the show coming up. Uh, Wild Type Droid. And I think you guys will really enjoy the podcast coming up. Number nine, we already talked about Turnstile. Glow On, not, a, not enough to say about this record. Um, but again, one of my favorite records, thanks to you. And thanks to our producer, Matt, on this record. Another, another big fan of Turnstile. And Matt um, knows what's up. Yeah, he does, for sure. And number 10, Jerry Cantrell, Brighton. I know you're a huge Alice in Chains fan. So let's talk about this record for a moment. Yeah, it was cool. I I like late Eric Cantrell. I like... It's, again, he's always been the engine behind that band. He was the songwriter, chief songwriter of it. And his, I mean, this is his first solo album in quite some time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, too. I think 10 years. So it's really good to see him kind of, you know, you know, get that, get that itch out of putting out his own stuff. I mean, there's, there's only one Jerry Cantrell and he created one of the signature, you know, darker guitar driven sounds of the nineties. And it's nice to hear him in this way where it's not alice stuff he's a songwriter yeah although i was gonna say it does does again you know because alice in chains still making great music but this does uh 
it hits a note for me again. And I would imagine you being a huge grunge fan, you know, if you listen to songs like Atone, some mm-hmm. of the other tracks on the track are Brighton. There's some great music here that will take you back to the grunge era. But also there's a cover of Elton John's Goodbye and a lot of other great stuff on this record that isn't just, you know, grunge as hinges of country, uh, classic rock, all, all kinds of great stuff on this record. So check it out if you haven't checked it out already. Jerry Control Brighton. My honorable mentions this year on this list. And again, not a true record, but a live record. Black Pumas, live from Capitol Studio A. Another great band. Uh, came out in October. So again, might have not have made a lot of the list this year, but from, you know, Black Moon Rising to Colors. What a phenomenal band. Great Grammy record. nominated. The album is Grammy nominated. Yeah. So someone did pay attention. Definitely. Great, great record. Great band. Black Pumas live from Capitol Studio A. And I guess a couple of other artists I just want to touch base on. Obviously, Glass Animals, Heat Waves. Another great they, track. A big breakthrough this year they had. They finally, they, they've been kicking on the door for a while and smashed it through this year. And now uh, we can't talk about this year without talking about Manskin, another artist. Oh, yeah. Huge year. What a surprise. Manskin. I mean, yeah. TikTok really got them going. And, you know, by the by November, they were impossible to pin down. Yeah. And it's funny. I mean, who would have thought, you're, you know, Euro, from Eurovision, the sort of an Italian rock band breaking in America, which if you would tell me years ago that there'd be an Italian rock band that won Eurovision that would sort of break in America, I would say, what are you talking about? I mean, they, I don't even think this band really speaks English that well. Um, but uh, but the record's the music breaking. music does, though. The music, music is the great uh, unifier. Definitely. It, it certainly is. Uh, and let's talk about a couple another honorable mentions here. Japanese Breakfast Jubilee. Oh, yeah. She was on my... Uh honorable mentions as well as so that was who i was thinking of earlier who slipped my mind which shouldn't have considering i you know i was in mexico city 10 days ago and interviewed her in person what a terrific album and rightfully so she was number two on our albums list and number one on our songs list so a lot of respect she's michelle had a gigantic year with that album and the release of her book so you have my full support on that one by the way, almost a, almost a new genre there, Daniel. Alternative grief pop, I would say, because uh, there's something to be said about this. Again, we talked about the sad emo kid uh, that probably lives inside of some of us, right? So, but uh, this is definitely a new genre in a sense. Alternative grief pop, Japanese breakfast, great record and jubilee. Uh, and and one last artist I'd want to talk about, which is one of your favorite artists, is Wolf Alice. Yes, it's another strong album. They, I don't, they, you know, I feel like, when did that come? They came out in like June, I think, right? Or July? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's July. another, it's another British band that really rocks. Yeah, definitely. So another, another honorable mention. So all in all, great list. You have the rock side of things. From my side, Daniel's softer side of life. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, any thoughts on, the, on, you know, trends in music this year? I think the songwriting is the big winner. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's, and... I think that there's, I mean, not that it ever went away and everyone always says rock went away, rock went away. No, it went underground. And I feel like there's kind of a groundswell of with Olivia Rodrigo and artists like that, that are starting to embrace that. And even Willow. Mm, true. Willow, true. I mean, she released a great album earlier this year, like June or July. And that was really interesting. And it was rock driven. So it's just interesting to me that a lot of the pop punk stuff is starting to come back in. It's like it seems like there's, you know, different prongs to like the Travis Barker led world versus like the other side of it, you know. And it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in 2020. God, I can't believe I'm saying it. I almost said 2021 right now, but it's really 2022. What's next? I mean, because 
It seems like every music always works in cycles. Yeah, I agree with and, you. By the way, I was going to say, I don't know when Travis Barker became the rock god of this generation, but all of a sudden he's become the most wanted producer and everything he touches seems to do well. So big year for Travis Barker. Yeah, I mean, last year too, he produced Machine Gun Kelly's album. Yeah. That kind of thrusted him into that world too. Got nice. him a number one album. And I'm sure, I think their work, I released a song earlier this year. I don't know when his follow-ups come in, but it's coming and it's, you know, furthering that world. So it's going to be very interesting to see how 2022 unfolds, especially, you know, like, like I said, no, you, you, you said you, you talk, you talk last December, not you, but the generic you about Olivia Rodrigo. You'd be like, who? Yeah. Unless you were tapped into like that Disney world, you didn't know who she was, what she was working on. And then it, you know, it really, really turned, turned 2021 on its head. So because next year we'll probably do another one of these 2022 prediction, Daniel Cohn's prediction for next year. Good music will prevail. <laughs> to quote Filter Magazine once upon a time. I just think, you know, as we've seen, you know, with these best of lists and the artists that are really starting to gain tension, especially the rising ones, it comes down to what people can relate to. And as you know, as a musician yourself, it comes down to that songwriting. 100%. Something that people can relate to. And I think things are really getting back to that. I agree. So check out the Brandy Carlisle is actually your number one record of the year. Mine is Cheap Trick in Another World. If you don't have those records, check them out immediately. And uh, I think we'll put all these online for you to all check out. Top 10, myself and Daniel Cohen. I appreciate you coming on. Great to see your face. Uh, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun. And uh, we'll definitely get together soon. Have a great new year if I don't speak to you, but I'm sure I will because we always do. We and, do. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, yeah, we'll speak soon. Well, there you have it. The best of list, the top 10 list, myself and Daniel Cohen. Check it out. I think we're going to put some list up on Spotify. So you'll be able to download some of these songs. And uh, again, if you haven't checked out the Brandy Carlisle record, the Cheap Trick record, do so and check out all the other artists on this list. Have a great holiday if I don't chat with you. Thank you for your support as always. Make sure you tell a friend or a bunch of friends about the show and give it a great view. That'd be very helpful. Happy holidays to y'all. And coming up in January, we have Failure, we have Zach Wilde, we have LP. Looking forward to an exciting next year. And thanks again. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and Western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.